Hi, this is Vicky from The Agonist, and you're listening to... Metal in High Heels <laughs> Podcast. I think you should just do it. That was perfect. <laughs> you're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hi. <laughs> Hello there. How are you doing? I'm um, I'm good. Yeah, a, a bit tired. was a was a bit of a crazy day, but um, n- nothing that uh, can't be fixed with uh, with some aspirin and some water. I'd say so. Uh, I got up at half good. past five. <laughs> so don't tell me about long days. <laughs> that is pretty pretty late. Yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> pretty late <laughs> in the morning. But, uh, yeah, well, early, late, it's it's a relative thing. But um, <laughs> so, was it a party or a gig or something, or what happened? She was getting up to work. Yes. <laughs> you should really rethink your career. You know, that might be might be a thing to uh, to consider if that is your regular totally. time. It is, unfortunately, but I quit the job by the end of the year. <laughs> uh, okay, so ju- this is just the last Damn. bit. <laughs> Just the last bit, and you'll be fine in the end, I'd say. Yes. Ah, all right. Got my water here. I think I get everything set up so far. I mean, I'm not sure what you girls are expecting, so uh, I'm kind of prepared for all the randomness, really. We never expect right. anything, so... That's... Oh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> randomness! Yeah. Because I wrote down some notes for myself, and they are pretty random. Totally. It's kind that of the story of my life so far, so in that sense, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. These are some great subjects, great topics as well. So. All right. Well. Um, so we have um, we have an intro from the Agonist. Kiki had an interview okay. with them yesterday. Um, yeah. And they 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 said something really intelligent for the intro. <laughs> oh my god uh, like uh, on a scale from one to totally ridiculous how ridiculous is it uh eight <laughs> uh, okay okay i can work with that that's fine that's fine <laughs> it was funny because i was like okay guys um it was um danny and uh vicky and mm-hmm. i was like okay can you both please like say um this is the agonist blah 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 you're listening to the metland high hills podcast and vicky goes this is vicky from the agonist and you're listening to <laughs> and looks to danny and he was like uh uh the midland high hills podcast <laughs> <laughs> but it was so perfectly timed and there was and, such uh, an awkward silence in between like what, what the hell are they listening to oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but he reacted uh in in time so that was perfect all right all right well that's good that's, that's when you know yeah. that band members are are truly um yeah are truly in sync over time yeah exactly yes <laughs> Yeah, I start to get that with a few of my bandmates as well. Like, we've been working for too long. You start finishing each other's sentences. and <laughs> That's scary. It's, uh, yeah, it is It is scary, but that's what you get when you work together that intense for such a long period of time, you know. Mm. It happens. Totally. Kiki is my second brain. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I forget, um, she reminds me. <laughs> or she she already Hopefully. did things that I just wanted to do because I forgot them and then she says oh I did it. <laughs> Does that also work the other way around? By the way, Kiki, is is it also like that, or are you mostly just catching Pia? In this <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it 
totally is the, the same way around. <laughs> okay, good. It's perfect, yeah. It's equal measures. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, but I al already, uh, I'm like already panicking. Pia, I forgot to. And she's like, I did it. Oh, great. But <laughs> uh, I, 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 I guess with the type of work that you girls are doing, I can imagine that you kind of have to work like that. You cannot really run a webzine or a magazine like this by really by yourself like i've seen people do it True. for a small amount of time but they would always just collapse under the amount of work mm -hmm. that would come along with doing uh, work as such properly so yeah. in, in that sense i think when you start a, an adventure like this you have to be in sync or at least you have to grow being in sync over time i guess yeah and we've uh, done it pretty well in the past it's four years we're, we're having our our fourth year anniversary oh. anniversary exactly these days this week or something so Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like like that little sample with the kids going yeah, situation. Do you know the videos I told my kids I ate the Halloween sweets? <laughs> the, oh, those are amazing. The what? Sorry, <laughs> is it Jimmy Kimmel? I think it's. Jimmy I think so. Or, oh, oh shit! Oh yeah, the, the Jimmy Kimmel things with the Halloween sweets. Yes. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like it's really the edge of this is really really harsh, <laughs> but really funny as well. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like I'm not not supposed to be laughing at this, but yeah, <laughs> maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Okay, so I have a plan for today. Okay. We're having this awesome the agonist intro, which we won't hear, but it'll be in the podcast in the end. Then we have a jingle. And then we start with random stuff. Uh, yeah, Kiki was at this concert yesterday, so I'm going to ask her first how the concert was, and then we'll talk about you. For I thought we could just like, leave it like this. We can, we can just like uh, introduce each other and just leave this five minutes. It's been good already. <laughs> Are you recording? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you, you girls are going to edit this anyway, right? Like, I take it before you put it on air, you edit it into. We never edit anything. <laughs> we don't know how that works. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> you should have told me. I can't. I can't work like this. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> but no, but it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with anything, really. Just you know. Do your thing and I'll make it work. But uh, you guys, like the main language is English or is it German main language? English. Oh, okay, good. Always right. English, yes. He is from Ecuador, she can't speak German. I can ambition Deutsch, but not so viel, not so good. So, yeah, I prefer English. Uh, that was good, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's for, for, for someone who got Dutch in high, uh, like German in high school, eh, all right, but that's it, really. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Metal and High Heels podcast, <laughs> episode 11. In the middle of episode 11. <laughs> In the middle of episode 11. Um, yeah, so everybody tweeted us with hashtag MHpodcast11. And um, over to you, Pia, introduce our special guest. Yes, uh, I thought our special guest could introduce himself, but I can already, already say that his name is Tom. He is from the <laughs> Netherlands, <laughs> and he uh, he does music and also pro productions, production works, works as a mm -hmm. producer, so to speak. Um, do you know this this really funny? Um, a guy tries to write down that he's a pilot, but he doesn't know how to write pilot, and then he um, he tries to write it again and again, and in the end, he just writes "I fly planes." So, 
he worked yeah, as it, a producer I, I and get he that feeling though. <laughs> <laughs> and he also does um, some art, so to speak. Uh, the back you did the background. Yeah. Um, how do you say that? The background film for Ingeborg's. Um, 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 um. Oh, for the fashion yes, show? Yes, fashion show. Yeah, that was that was also one of the jobs I did. Yeah, it, it's wow. Um, the the thing is that I turned to um, well, hi everybody, hi. Um, I'm Tom, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was invited on this podcast. And as you as you can already hear, it is quite improvised and quite random. So you know, bear with us here. Um, but yeah, my name my name's Tom DeWitt. I'm I'm from the Netherlands, and I'm a um, I consider myself a creative individual that likes working with audio, video, and um, web design stuff. I also do design work for people if need be. Oh, cool! And I'm primarily a composer in the symphonic progressive metal genre. Like that is my main thing, which I would like to do the most. But unfortunately, as we all know, music is mostly very expensive. Uh-huh. So. That's why I tried to make the audio and video work into something of a career on the side, which allows me to basically make more music and also feed my cat and do all the stuff that I do. So that's basically the, the shortest version I could make out of all that. And I just do a lot of stuff and I make things, really. And you just released a double album? Mm-hmm. In May, yes. In May, yes. <laughs> Please tell us you about haven't... that. Okay. Yeah, The name of your band, starting with the name of your band. <laughs> All right, well, um, I've been releasing music under the name of uh, TDW uh, for about 10 years now. And this, uh, with this album, we're now going for the name TDW and Dreamwalkers Inc., which is also the name of the live band. And uh, we released an album called The Antithetic Affiliation this May of this year. And um, it's, yeah, it's a double record. It's filled to the brim with, uh, with metal, progressive rock, symphonic stuff. Really, there's a lot for everything in there. And um, it's, it's kind of hard to describe it in the sense that, well, a lot of people are like, ah, describing your own music is so hard. But in, in my case, I tend to have a bit of an issue when someone hears one of the songs like, oh, this is very nice. And then the next song's radically different. And then they're confused. Uh, so it's a bit hard to describe what I do but personally I just tend to think like I like to call it progressive music because it can literally go from a ballad to an extreme death metal breakdown with a dissonant orchestra part on top but then it could also be a really quiet acoustic guitar part with an oboe and me singing really gently and it can just really go anywhere and personally that's how I like my art I like being challenged I like doing stuff that is not expected And not necessarily scary, but but surprising. That's I kind of like doing surprising stuff. Is there a, an idea behind these two albums? Because they have the same name, basically, and one is called The Idealist and the other one is called The Cynic. Well, it's um, the album's concept is, um, as, as the artwork already shows, there is an infinity symbol uh, put in the context of the artwork. And for me, the album really is my observation on how certain things in life work. I wouldn't say it's life in general, because that's obviously way too expansive to catch in a bunch of songs. But there's um, every song on every disc has a counterpart in the other disc, which creates this unity and cohesion. And that cohesion, the fact that everything in a way is connected... And that, for for example, you could go through the worst time in your life ever and you could have all the bad luck and everything just seems total shit. But then there will also always be a moment that things will go well again. Sometimes, unfortunately, those shitty periods could last for a very long time. And I'm the one to know that from the first-hand experience. But, you know, things can also turn around and be good again, which brings the balance to life and how things work. So 
for each uh, percentage and little bit of anger that is on that record, and there's definitely some angry, uh-huh. like, you know, like really <laughs> stuff. There's also some really lovely melodies to counter that because in the end, things aren't one dimensional. Life isn't one dimensional. Oh, you okay there? What happened? <laughs> She just slept. <laughs> Sorry. No, not at all. Um, you know, I have to play with my hands at something, so sorry. Ah, all right, sorry. all right, all right. Well, oh, wait, here's my here's my cat trying to walk all over my keyboard. Thanks, Bert. That's very helpful. Hi, Bert. Um, How are you? <laughs> yeah, well, Bert, maybe, that's a lovely name. Maybe I can catch his purring at a certain point. He is he is a very social cat. So, but um, but you had a but, yeah, you so, had but, a second cat and they didn't get along with each other, right? Yeah, that was that was very unfortunate. Like I had the uh, there was this uh, lady cat I adopted, which was a bit older, and she was actually very dominant over Bert, and Bert was here first. And there was this one moment that I heard Bert scream at two two o'clock at night when she was attacking him, and that was the moment I was like, you know what? Sorry, but. Then she has to go because she's the one that came in last. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I did find her a good, uh, different house though, and the one, the person she's with now is a good friend of mine, and I often still get pictures like, ah, oh, she's doing great. So you know that does no, help. Perfect. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, but yeah, coming back to the album, really, the idea behind the record is it's two discs, and it is you can listen to it in, in as individual songs, but if you listen to the full thing and also take the lyrics in and everything, you'll see that there's a definite shape to it, which is all connected. It's very, it's very um, fluently from one song into the other, especially uh, the first song of The Idealist is um, parted into five parts, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it's almost like one, one very long song. <laughs> Well, I tend like the two longer songs. We tend to, um, you know, in in the progressive scene, you have this thing. People like, ah, oh, play the epics, you know, mm-hmm. like the twenty minute songs, or whatever. <laughs> and um, we tend to like jokingly call them the epics because I did write them as twenty minute songs. But it's really just, you know, I I wanted to get like both songs really deal with complex subject matter, and I figured a five minute song wouldn't cut that. You know, it wouldn't do justice to what I was trying to say. So. It's not that I d- deliberately tried to write a 20-minute song. It just kind of grew that way. If it was 10 minutes, it would would have been good as well. But yeah, it kind of just happened over time, which is kind of how music happens to me most of the time. Like I just sit down, I start writing, and then, hey, suddenly I got seven, seven minutes of music, and I'm like, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you compose all by yourself or with your band? Well, well, when I, when I started, it was really project-based, and I do like composing by myself because there's a lot of um, inspirations always there. Like basically, I can sit down and I could write a song, and I'll probably be able to make it into a semi-cohesive thing at the end of the day, so to speak. But for years, I did it by myself, and with this album, was the first time that I actually dared to let go a little bit and actually, for example, ask Hana, the violin player, like, "Hey, maybe." you could make these violin parts prettier by playing it the way you do. Or, for example, ask the guitar players to record the riffs their way so it sounds a bit heavier than if I would play it, for example. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's like I do bring the initial initial ideas in because I have those concepts in my head and I know what I want to say, but I do want to give everyone the influence to make it theirs. And and it's it's also, I think, even if it is a project, strangely enough, we really have a band dynamic. Everyone is really proud of what they're doing. There's there's a real sense of uh, owning it, if you know what I mean. 
Like, uh, like these are our parts. It's not just Tom's parts we're playing, but these are our parts as a band. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And that's very nice. Mm, everybody can bring in the his or her own personality, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I just, I tend to give direction and, and then I, and then they can, you know, fill in the blanks basically, because I mean, why would I, for example, write a bass solo if I have an amazing bass player like Peter who can just do that fine by himself, you know, that would be kind of weird for me to just write it if he could just, you know, go nuts and write something way better. Mm. Would be stupid, stupid of me not to use that. <laughs> so please introduce uh, the band. Yeah, do we know them? <laughs> well, um, well, Peter was uh, Peter Dembacher was the bass player for for Ex Libris, and now he uh, has been on non-active for a bit, but he is now working on a few other bands as well. But he's mostly now known for Dreamwalkers Inc. Uh, Vincent Reuling was the keyboardist for Seven Sin, and he's now um, also active in a few cover bands on the side. But he's also playing with um, you know with with us now. Leonard Kemper from Resolve. That's basically my guitar brother. He's he's one of the uh, one of the guitar players. Norbert Feinbrink uh, is one of the guitar players. Joey Clerics, guitar player, grunter. Then we have Kenneth Martins on drums. He used to play in Chain of Dogs. Uh, then we have Hanna van Gorkum as the well the as the lead lady vocals and uh, violin player who used to play in Ama, a folk a folk group, not really rock or metal at all, but just really. Your folk. Perfect. I have a couple of questions about that. Um, sure. Fire away. Because uh, as you were saying, well, you were <laughs> counting your band members. Um, we know uh, a couple of them from the from the Dutch from other Dutch bands in mm. the female fronted metal scene, mm. using the very bad mean term. But yeah, I try um, to avoid that term as much as I can as well. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah I but 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 uh, we use it uh, from the community perspective yeah and I get that. in the in that scene in that community those are uh, kind of people we know we would know mm -hmm. um so i get this feeling that uh the metal scene in the netherlands in general maybe uh, is very very like maybe only a few people nah, the, everybody knows each other well there there is a um you have to realize the netherlands isn't that big a country to begin with let's face it i mean we're, we we mm. got like 17 million people in there but it's really small so the chances of you know bumping into someone you know especially in something as tight-knit as the metal scene is, is obviously that's a really big chance and i don't know i think It is it is much bigger than than most people would expect though because um, there's actually a lot of metal bands in the Netherlands as well like bands popping up every day I tend to be like holy crap there's another one I didn't know they even existed you know yeah but um I, I do think that if you want to go for a level that people are very dedicated passionate about it and also really want to put you know the money the time and energy into it then you really start seeing that there's a much narrower crowd actually going the distance to do that. So, mm -hmm. in a way, you're right. The, gr the group really isn't that big. I mean, it's one of those jokes people tend to make. Like, oh, yeah, there's like 20 musicians in 30 bands. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit like that. But for, for me, it's really... The, the reason why I chose the musicians I chose really was because of their qualities. For example, with Vincent and Peter, I know they already have, uh, you know, played many shows and in the female-fronted corner, people know them. But for me, it was really like, oh, you know, that guy's a great keyboard player and a great guy. I want to have him in my band. And sure. that was all, really. Uh, because, you know, for me, it's it's kind of funny. I, I, I mean, I love that, that you girls invited me to this. But um, I would not consider myself to be a part of that female-friended scene at all. Like, we just happen to have Hannah in the band. But that's because she's an amazing singer, an amazing violin player, and a great person. And I would 
treat every woman the same way. If, if, if I would have had a band full of women, it wouldn't be about them being women. It would be about them Ooh. being good musicians. That's what <laughs> Perfect. And that actually leads me to my next question, actually, because um, I asked this, this question last night to a couple of bands and I've been um, trying to ask this more and more. There are like... Uh, now in the last few years a lot of uh, female instrumentalists also have uh, started to come out and be more visible in the metal scene and um, <clears throat> we have also seen this phenomenon more in the Netherlands like there are not so many um, female metalheads playing instruments in German bands mm. as much as there are in the Netherlands do you have maybe any idea why that is? Honestly, I, I'm. Um, I mean, I, I've been pondering that thought as well. Personally, I still think it is um, something that is, in a way, underdeveloped. If you know what I mean, because I, I still think it's just this weird, bizarre thing, and I tend to put this in a broader picture. Even like, I'm still surprised that, for example, most of the most of the scene I see is white guys. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, so what is this? Is it like, is it a race thing? Is it a sex thing? What is this? Because, you know, I would be the first to welcome, like, please let all the women guitar players and drummers, please let them, let them come in and take over the show. Because, you know, if you're good, you should be respected for what you do and not your sex mm -hmm. or your race or whatever. We will write down your email address under this podcast so they can all <laughs> contact you. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, this is just one of those things. Like, I'm, I mean, in that sense, I'm, I'm perhaps one of the most horrible socialist hippies and whatever. I'm proud of it. Fucking proud to be a hippie. But I, I tend to really think that equality in that sense should be a thing. And I'm sometimes yeah. kind of sad that it's still such a commodity. And um, mm -hmm. it's also weird how it works because, for example, you girls know the band Oceans of Slumber, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, don't Have you heard of them? Yeah. Yeah, they have a they have this this wonderful singer with Cami, like like an amazing voice, great performance, etc. And the first time I saw a video of her, I felt horrible because I was actually surprised. Like, oh, she's African American. And I was like, but wait, this should not be surprising me. This should be normal. Why don't we see this more often? You know, you know what I mean? It's like the fact mm -hmm. that it's still a weird thing tends to be t tends to be something that puzzles me because for me it's like, yeah, so it's a girl, so whatever, just play, yeah. be awesome, do your thing. And, and th that's what it all should be about. And I, I'm I'm glad that the Netherlands are you know are that we're maybe taking a bit of an example role in having more girls rocking on stage and doing all that stuff. Totally, yeah. But I guess my answer would be: so where's the rest of the world staying on that? You know, can can we get like can we get more of that, please? That would be great. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> so yeah, that's Perfect. my opinion on that, definitely. And he, you Great. visited the Prague Power Europe lately. Mm -hmm. How was it in that scene? Are there have there been many female musicians on stage? I, I do think well, not as much. Like it's the same thing, really. Like not as much as I would want to see in terms of diversity and, and actually being a proper representation of what the world looks like. But I do think that, um, for example, the band Voyager comes to mind. Um, who has with Simone Dow has an amazing guitar player who just happens to be a woman. And it's it's like I do think that it's less of a thing in the prog scene because it's really more about um, the music. It's really about oh, what is this band playing? What are they bringing to the table, etc. And then oh, it just happens to be a chick. You know, that's it. Like there's been many bands at Prog Paro had female band members, and no one really made a big thing out of mm -hmm. it. 
But I, like I said, I do think with the prog scene, you do have a very um, nerd collective in a way, <laughs> yes. and, and they're actually they're, they're proud if you call them that way. By the way, they don't mind you saying mm. that because we're all proud nerds. But um, <laughs> but the nerdiness is actually a good thing. It's very inclusive to whoever wants to join. If you look at the people that visit the festival, we actually. It used to be this nerdy white guy thing, and now, fortunately, there's more and more women coming. There's more and more people from all over the world coming. You see different uh, skin colors and religions and everyone coming together just to enjoy the music. And I think that's a great thing. I think that's a really good development. It is, yeah. And how was that's the festival cool. in general? Did you enjoy it? Uh, well, I always enjoy Proc Power. Like, uh, Proc Power for me is one of those... Um, uh, I, I can actually speak on behalf of multiple people when I say that Prague Power is one of those things you just go to to see all the lovely people again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really a family, <laughs> and, and you just want to go there too. Like I've I've seen my people from Finland again, and my people from Australia, and yay, let's let's meet everybody again. That's great. And I mean, there were a few bands this year which I didn't really care for much, but even then, it's okay because then you can just go outside and have a beer with those people and just you know enjoy yourself and and have a bit of a vacation away from reality. And nerd out about progressive music for a weekend. You know, it's very nice to have that. Yeah, That's exactly how we feel that. about the females wanted scene or the female, whatever. Yeah, I get that scene. Uh, yeah, the, fe yeah. the fan fest. Yeah, I get, I get that definitely. And and I think those type of festivals, when done right, I actually think Femme does it right as well. Definitely. I mean, and yes, I also worked there in the past, but I do think the the concept of that festival works because it's really just about hanging out and enjoying the music together. Mm -hmm. That's what it should be. Yeah. So, um, talking about your other works besides music, music um, I already mentioned you worked with Ingeborg and you said you were working with them. Who else have you been working with? Oh, wow. Um, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did video work for, um, for bands like The Aurora Project, uh, Siraniva. I uh, have been active on um, on multiple occasions. I must say that Ingeborg's jobs in that sense really helped because when I started building my video portfolio, I already knew what I was able to do. But it's um, it's just awfully nice to be able to contribute to something that big. Mm -hmm. You know, like she already had that really big fashion show with all. And, and she was really like, I want your video to make this even bigger. And then it's really fun to work on stuff like that. But then at the mm -hmm. same time, I've also just, uh, I, I mean, I, I edited something completely different. I edited a video for a uh, non-profit organization that is doing great work in Ghana and Malawi and they sent me the footage like, can you make this into a documentary? And I did. Oh, so that's cool. also stuff I do. And I did a music video for Damien Wilson, like a lyric video. Um, I did multiple reports of festivals. Be Prog, my friend, this year and last year. Prog Power the last two years. It's going to be a new movie coming up soon as well. So I, I try to do, especially on the video front, I try to do many different things. And on audio, I tend to just produce whoever needs me, really. Um, in, in turn, and the music must be interesting to me, as of course, as well. But I've but regarding the music I produced, like right now, I'm producing a power metal band and a band that has a very Motorhead type of sound to it. So those are two radically different things. Wow. And recently I also recorded an ambient uh, drone recording in a church. And before that I did a bossa nova recording with like this little combo with a bass, an acoustic guitar and a lady singing. <laughs> and cool. it's just great. It's just great to do a lot of stuff like that because you do learn a lot thinking on your mm -hmm. feet and not just doing the same thing over and over again. I think that's very important. Mm, and it's yeah, much, you never get bored. Yes, and it's much inspiration for your own music as well. Uh, 
Absolutely. Well, actually, with the Bossa Nova thing, it's interesting that there's two moments on on my album, um, which I literally lifted learning from that Bossa Nova combo, because the way the guy was playing guitar, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. We might be able to use that. And I was able to use it. So <laughs> cool. It's, it's just fun to be able to say, so yeah, I learned that from this Bossa Nova dude. And then, peop- <laughs> and then the metalheads will be like, what? <laughs> so people listen to the album and search for those Easter eggs. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, there, there's oh man, there's so many nuggets and Easter eggs in there. Definitely. Cool. Totally. That's also very interesting when um, metal incorporates or when metal guitarists uh, start to uh, at least have an interest for the more classical guitar. You can learn so much from that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, one of my greatest heroes, for example, is uh, is Fra- Frank Zappa. And uh, he was actually, he once, well, he made like a million of great quotes, but uh, he once said this thing, he was like, the moment you basically play something on a, on a fuzz guitar through an amp, it will sound like rock. It will sound like, you know, metal or whatever you do, but you could still be playing Hawaiian folk music while playing it through a, through an amp and, you know, with a lot of distortion and then people will still think, oh, that's metal. (laughs) It's Hawaiian folk music. You know, that's what it is. So I think everything is combinable to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah, I love those kind of crossovers. Very cool. And we've been uh, talking for half an hour already. Sorry about that. (laughs) But I have one point on my list left. Um, You met a friend of ours. You met Jim. Lately, I think yeah. yesterday. Uh, yeah, Jim and I, uh, Jim, Jim and I hung out, showed them my, uh, showed them my hometown, and um, basically showed them the studio, played them some material as well because we're both proggers. So you know, and he was like, "I still need to hear your album, man." I was like, "Okay, sit down, <laughs> listen." <laughs> so I played them, and it was great fun, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Shout out to Jim Wilkinson, the cool photographer from Texas. <laughs> Go, Jim! Woo! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tom, it has been great talking to you. Very nice to meet you. I hope to see you in person someday. And Pia, let me uh, <coughs> borrow that album. <laughs> well, we'll make it work. And uh, thank you for having me, girls. It was, uh, was a pleasure, definitely. Yes, thank Perfect. you. Thank you so much. So now we have to talk about the show note thing and the links and where you can get the podcast, right? Exactly. Uh, the show notes for this episode are on www.metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast 11. The number 11. And um, yeah, if you're listening for the first time, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Acast, Podbean, wherever. <laughs> and don't forget to follow us. And next time the answers won't be as long, I promise. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Click, boom, over and out.